Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Gilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, how are you? I'm good, and I have to be honest, I think I'm still flying from our time that we had in Toledo. Yeah, we were just over the on weekend Saturday. on Saturday. Big shout out to all the good folks there who uh, hosted that event in the diocese. Uh, just dear friends that we've partnered with on a number of occasions. And we had, I don't know, maybe 100 and... Had about 160 people come from how many dioceses? I don't know, seven, eight, maybe yeah. as far away as a seven and a half hour drive. We had folks from the Upper Peninsula in Michigan, Diocese Marquette. We had folks from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, people from Toledo, Cincinnati, Columbus, Saginaw, Lansing, Detroit. It was awesome. Gary, Indiana. It was just, it was just really spectacular. And, and we often talk about uh, in our ministry that um, uh, it, it's our goal to like encourage and equip and to just let God use us in some way to equip people, equip the saints for the work of ministry. It's just really exciting. That was awesome. It's a great day. And yeah. here we are again, ready to go with scripture. What's our topic? Yeah, so today's topic is who's in charge, part two. Oh, that's going to require some explanation. Yeah. Why don't we pray first, shall we? In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Father, we just uh, come before you uh, today at the start of this week. We thank you for uh, the wonderful gift of life. Lord, we're mindful of all the headlines, all the things that we read, that we hear, that uh, assault our eyes, that are continually tempting us to be discouraged, to deceive us into thinking that Something other than you, someone other than you is in charge. We just ask for your anointing on our conversation right now that we would be uh, a means by which, especially those who are weary, who are frustrated, who are angry, uh, would be calmed and made tranquil as we simply ponder the reality that everything's in your hands. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So uh, part two kind of implies a part one, huh? So part one is uh, was actually a, a blog that we wrote. So this is a shameless plug for our Thoughts from the Trailer blog that comes out every week on Wednesdays. This comes out on Mondays. And uh, I think last week's was entitled, I don't think, I know, last week's was entitled, Who's in Charge? <laughs> And uh, this is kind of somewhat of a continuation mm -hmm. of that conversation. That one had to do with suffering. Uh, that, that blog breaks open the second reading at Mass. This podcast breaks open the first reading at Mass on Sunday. And uh, that was all about suffering, and suffering can tempt us to think that there's just no point in what's going on in my life, and is anybody in control? And I, I think the, uh, the reading that we're going to look at here in a second is going to be uh, equally as... I, I pray encouraging for us to just be reminded, not so much on a personal level, but more on a international, national, and especially political level to be just made calm. But you got another announcement before we uh, we hit that. What's that? Oh, gosh, our hero is ready to go. I was going to press into the words of the prophet Daniel. Father John, you threw me a curve. Um, yeah, so the we would just want to remind everybody, too, that... Um, Atlanta's revival is filling up. They're adding seats. So as you, if you guys have been following our conversations over the last set of weeks, we're going to be in Atlanta 
uh, on September 9th, gathering with like 1,300, 1,400 of our dear friends. Revival. That's right, to have a revival and hear the gospel proclaimed in power and uh, to mobilize people for mission. So if you haven't registered yet and extended some invitations, we encourage you to do that as soon as possible. We'd love to have you down in Hotlanta. So looking forward to seeing uh, all the good folks down in the Archdiocese there pretty soon. That said, let's get to the first reading, which is Daniel. Yeah, so take us away. Yeah, so this is a keep in mind. This is this new, this new cycle that we're doing. You know, in 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 the podcast where we're just breaking open. For those of you who don't know, there's been a little bit of a shift. So, those of you who are brand new, mm -hmm. never listened to us before, what we're doing is just trying to ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand how the scriptures apply to our lives right now. Okay. Well, it took us a long time to get there, so here we are. So, this is a reading from the book of the prophet Daniel. So as I watched, thrones were set up, and the Ancient One took his throne. His clothing was bright as snow, and the hair on his head as white as wool. His throne was flames of fire, with wheels of burning fire. A surging stream of fire flowed out from where he sat. Thousands upon thousands were ministering to him, and myriads upon myriads attended him. As the visions during the night continued, I saw one like a son of man coming on the clouds of heaven. When he reached the ancient one and was presented before him, the one like a son of man received dominion, glory, and kingship. All peoples, nations, and languages serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not be taken away. His kingship, his kingship shall not be destroyed. Thanks. Um, I find this to be a spectacularly relevant passage right now. So maybe I can just make a couple comments to kind of set the stage and then invite you to weigh in on this because I know uh, we had an experience last week at the office that's pretty relevant for this as well. So this coming Sunday, it's just worth saying, is going to be the Feast of the Transfiguration. And so the readings for the typical readings for Sunday get bumped. And we have instead the celebration of the uh, Transfiguration of our Lord, which always takes precedence. So the, you know, those um, feasts of our Lord take precedent over the, the typical readings on a Sunday. So that's why we're getting these readings. The, the gospel then is going to be the, the event of the Transfiguration from Matthew chapter 17. And this passage is going hand in hand with the gospel and the gospel, which is worth just reminding ourselves of so that we can better understand this reading too, is going to be uh, that famous scene when Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up the mountain and he's transfigured before him. It's the only time before the resurrection that they see um, his glory shining through him, right? But what's significant about that is that event happens immediately after Jesus's prediction of his passion. So, you know, I know, and you guys have entertained the idea of moving. Lots of people are moving this time of year or have, you know, sold a home or shouldn't say lots of people are moving this time of year. I know a lot of people who are moving for whatever reason. In real estate, it's all about location, location, mm-hmm. location. Like you guys are knocking off places where you don't want to go because of the location. In scripture, it's all about location, location, location. Like, in other words, where does this gospel passage fall in the story And it falls at precisely the time when the disciples are just devastated. 
So they're seeing Jesus do signs and wonders, the crowd's growing, you know, the fanfare is spectacular, and he comes up with, if you're going to come after me, you got to pick up your cross, lay down your life, and follow me, and oh, by the way, I'm going to be betrayed, handed over, and put to death, which has to go over like a resounding thud. Some really shocking so the, words. The, the disciples are just... They're discouraged, terrified, all the things that we would imagine they are. And right after that, Jesus lets them see who he really is. Of course, they don't understand who he really is, but he gives them a glimpse. Similarly, I would suggest the way you and I are supposed to look at Daniel this week is it is so constantly tempting for us to be discouraged, terrified, afraid, angry, particularly this week, uh, given this reading over political events. And goodness knows we got a boatload of political events to choose from in our country. And I don't care what party you happen to vote for, because we're Christians and I'm a Christian first. We're becoming more and more religious about our politics mm. and more and more political about our faith. That's often been said in our country. I think it's true. So that's the background of this or at least the, the context of the reading. The background of Daniel, so Daniel's writing at a time when the, the Israelites have been exiled. So they're no longer in, in Jerusalem. And the world's a mess. All these grand promises that God has made, you know, the, the temple was there, and um, they're the chosen people, and they don't look real chosen right now. And everything around them would tell them, that was, that was a pipe dream. Maybe it was just a dream. God doesn't seem to be in charge. A whole set of other kingdoms seem to be in charge. That's why we're in exile, and we don't have much of a life. I would suggest that's very relevant because it's easy for us as disciples to look around and go, I think I've heard that God's in charge, but it sure as heck doesn't look like it when I read the headlines. Now, one of the things that I find to be really significant is if you, if you follow along, say, in a Magnificat or a Missal, you'll notice that there are some verses missing from this reading. So it's Daniel chapter 7, verses 9 to 10, and then 13 to 14. And so as a priest, anyway, I'm always going, well, what's missing? Why'd they take out some verses? So let's just take a look at 11 and 12, shall we? So this comes right on the heels of this vision that Daniel has of four beasts who represent four different kingdoms who all think they're hot stuff. Daniel writes, I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. That's this, this mockery of God that one of the kingdoms is uttering. And as I looked, the beast was killed and its body destroyed given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, these are kingdoms, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Now, let's, let's make sure we don't misunderstand that. Please, God, as disciples of Jesus, we're not longing to see um, peoples destroyed. We want everybody to be one. That's God's desire. But what Daniel, what God's revealing to Daniel is all these nations that are boasting and whatnot, don't be deceived, Daniel. I'm in charge. It's my world. It's my universe. 
he has, they, they may have a couple of servants going around them. God has myriads upon myriads attending him. Daniel gets this glimpse of the throne room in heaven, and he understands, oh, okay, it might be hard out there. It might get much harder out there, but we don't have to be anxious. Does that make sense? Oh, my gosh. Sound relevant? Yes, completely. Very relevant for our times, Father John. Um, and as, as I'm you know, looking at the readings again and listening to you break this open, um, I'm reminded that next Sunday's psalm comes from Psalm 97. Mm. And this is just like this rallying proclamation of his might and his kingdom, his kingship, and, and that he is king. And justice and judgment are the foundation of his throne. And this one line just kind of hit me. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord. So those big, mighty things that kind of grab our hearts, the discouragement that we see in in the world or, or even in the church, all of that will melt like wax because God is sovereign. He reigns. He's faithful. And he is just. And he will be exalted above all all gods. Right. So just my, my attention just went to that. Like, like this is, th- this is his promise. That's right. Th- this is truth. This is what he said will happen. It doesn't mean it's not to your point. It's not rough out there. You know, I hear you say often it's going to get worse before it gets worse. And as we experience things getting worse, uh, none of us should be surprised because that just is how it is. But we're human as That's right. well. That's right. And, and 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 so it does settle on our hearts. And there can be this, there can be this tendency to be so overwhelmed by it um, that we can become so heavy laden. And the Lord doesn't want us to stay there. Not that we won't be impacted by it, but He doesn't want us to stay in that place for very long. That's right. And this is why Scripture is so important. Right. It is balm for our souls when they get weary and heavy. When we're seeing things play out, um, whether it's in our state or the nation or our families uh, or the church, it's yeah. just so easy to get discouraged. Yeah. So we had, you know, we alluded earlier. We had a conversation uh, in our office last week, towards the end of the week, just you know, recounting a number of headlines that we were reading, things that were happening, the local level, the national level, the international level. And I mean, it, it just can quickly settle on you and and throw you into a funk. I don't mean you personally, Mary. I mean, uh, you, mm-hmm. plural, y'all, mm-hmm. all y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can, we can, we can easily um, lose sight of what scripture is trying to remind us. And it's worth remembering right now, like the Lord's saying this to Daniel not after the fact, That's right. like after I he's just, revealed all this, it's or after everything's been made whole. He's revealing this to Daniel when things look at a time bad, when it's dark. Right, Absolutely. and the Lord's doing the same thing with us. I think right yeah. now, He's just revealing to us, hey, just like you said in the Psalm, I'm King. Yeah, not me, John. The Lord, the Lord is King, right? And the the last thing the Jewish people were tempted to think was that God was in charge, but but the Lord's revealing to Daniel, uh, son. I don't have a rival. Like all these little governments, they're just mean little governments in comparison mm-hmm. to me. I have no rival. It, this is why we say things over and over again like, I'm not afraid. Because the one who's in charge is the only real king. That's right. And we want to have 
knowledge of what's going on on the national level, on the international level, on the local level. We want to do all that we can to continue to try to transform the culture so that it becomes more and more in accord with how the, uh, the Father created it to be. We should expect hardships. We should expect difficulties. We should be praying for the conversion of those who govern us constantly. You know, they're not the enemy. They're just rebels to win sometimes, not all of them, but sometimes just like I can be a rebel to win. But at the end of the day, like go to bed. God's in charge. Right? So, I've, so this is probably going to come across as very irreverent, Father John, but I'm thinking about a line from a movie. I can't remember for sure what it was, but it's like this master superhero and he's, He's going to battle with all what he calls puny gods. Yeah, it's one of the Marvel comic <laughs> yeah. stories. Yeah. yeah, puny god. Yeah, the Incredible yeah. Hulk picks up Loki and just like pounds him mm. back and forth on the ground. You know, like Loki's challenging him like, don't you know who I am? That's I'm right. a god. And then, you know, Hulk just beats him to smithereens and, mm. and says exactly that, puny god. And puny I've always gods. thought of that with regards to God and mm. the mockery that he receives. Mm. And again, we want to be careful we don't misunderstand this. God's desire is the conversion of everyone. He loves everyone. But principalities and powers and kingdoms rise up against God. And God has a way of dealing with that. And we want to do our part by being faithful to him and trying to bring about transformation in the culture, wherever we are, whether it's education or politics or art or you name it. And then just let God be God. You know, John the 23rd's great prayer I at the end this. of every day, right? Yeah. You know, we just, when we were in Toledo, we were at St. John the 23rd church and it, the Pope's prayer was, Lord, I've worked hard. I've done my best. It's your church. I'm going to bed. And that's what we need to live with. We need to, we need to do the same thing. You know, uh, I, I'm thinking about how sometimes I can be inclined to respond um, when I am in a conversation like we were all in last week and it can get so heavy and can kind of, you know, weigh me down. And, and, and I have a couple choices. We have a couple choices. We can either let that weigh us down or we can just um, press into more prayer. You know, we, we have daily mass here uh, Monday through Friday and it's glorious and we consistently pray for revival. And so that's the way we fight back is with prayer, praying for our own conversion because I'm the first one that needs to be converted more and more. But when we see what's happening, I'm maybe a, a check in my spirit is, so yes, that's how it is. That's what it looks like now. Are you praying? Are you faithful? Do you trust me? Do you know who's Lord? And Yes, I can say that, but then God invites us then, or sometimes I'm not praying and I'm going, oh, you know what? I should pray for X or I should pray more into that. And so there, so we're not left without something to do in the face of this. We're not right. victims. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, one we're not of, passive. No, you know, and one of the things that we talk about in the rescue project is these various missions, and you tee up two particular missions that we stand in agonizing prayer before the world. Mm. Maybe I'm talking to myself right now, Padre. Like that. That's what I need to do when I'm inclined to get like, oh my gosh, like this is getting really, really heavy. Is to stand in agonizing prayer. Mm for the world. And that's, um, I just like, that's the Holy Spirit just speaking to me right now. That's what we can do on our knees. That's right. On our knees. And as Daniel reminds us, he gives us a glimpse of who it is we're praying to, right? So we talk over and over again about, you know, these principles for transformation. The first one is, 
is really just a restoration of our vision. Like reacquiring a biblical worldview is learning to see again. And what the Lord's doing in Scripture, you, you mentioned Scripture as being a healing bomb. It, it's also a corrective splint for those things in our minds, usually, those patterns of thought that we have that are warped and are bent. And what Daniel's asking us to do, or the Holy Spirit's asking us to do through Daniel is say, hey, just stop what you're doing, put the headlines down, and look at me for a moment, because this is who I am. I'm the one who has an everlasting dominion that shall never be taken away, and my kingship shall not be destroyed. So that's true now, even though we're not yet experiencing fully the reality of his kingship. We will one day. Please, God. Well, we will, whether we like it or not. But we will. Our task, as you just mentioned, is to get to work in the meantime, first by praying for the conversion of everybody, our own first, those who govern us, those who shape politics or culture in all the different spheres that they do, and then to get to work. That's right. In wherever God has placed us, trying to bring his dominion into those places with his heart. That's, you know, like you, you, you're saying the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. That's the place the Lord continues to go back to me over and over again. You cannot win people to me, John, if you do not have my heart. The goal is not to crush people or to berate them. The goal is to win them. That doesn't mean you compromise truth. But it means you have to engage with people with my heart, my mm -hmm. sacred heart. And if you don't do that, then you're not being who I asked you to be. You're just being like the world, uh, following the same rhetoric uh, and the same uh, devices. Uh, you're just using Christian words. So, It's a good word, Father John. Thank you. The church you often, that. my experience anyway, the church often sounds like losers. Daniel's reminding us, the transfiguration's reminding us, come on, people. <laughs> you know, you're afraid you're on the wrong side of history? Not a chance. Stick with me, Jesus says, and have confidence in me and in my lordship. So, because scripture's true, because this isn't just some, you know, story that some people came up with to make themselves feel better at a time when they were feeling really oppressed. It's true, and it wants to bring healing to our minds right now. Do not be afraid. This God, the God Daniel saw, the, the God who revealed himself fully in Jesus, of whom the apostles got a glimpse in the transfiguration, that's the God that's with you. And you were born for this. Mm -hmm.